Welcome to the LifePoint Palm Bay Sermon Podcast. We encourage you to make copies of this message, but please don't charge for those copies. If you'd like to know more about LifePoint Palm Bay, please visit lifepointpb.com. Good morning, church. Christ is risen. And if you know, you should just responded, He is risen indeed, because He is. This is Easter Sunday morning, and even though this is very different than what we normally experience on Easter Sunday morning, He is still risen. He is still Lord. We still worship Him today. And I'm glad to be part of this Resurrection Sunday with you. Now, today, we could spend time talking about what happened 2,000 years ago when Jesus rose from the grave, and it would be well worth our time to do so. We could talk about, as 1 Corinthians 15 says, what's going to happen in the resurrection that is to come, and that would be well worth our time as well. Both of those significantly important. But the direction the Lord's led this morning is I'm going to talk about a different resurrection, the one that He does daily in our lives. And we have a picture of it in John chapter 11. If you want to turn there, you can. We'll be looking at John 11 just a bit later in, in this broadcast. Now, I want to talk, before I get into John chapter 11, though, I want to share a story with you. I was listening to a message not long ago by Jack Hayford. And as he was talking, he began quoting a poem that brought back memories to me. This poem was everywhere when I was a kid. I'd forgotten all about it, but my, both my grandmothers had a copy of it in their homes. Much of the family did. People were going to their homes. They had this poem. It was everywhere, especially in my teenage years. You probably saw it, especially if you're old enough, you've probably seen this poem. It's the poem Footprints. Now, again, I had forgotten all about Footprints, hadn't thought about it in years. But the story behind it is amazing, and it has, there's a great picture in it, because God loves to resurrect that which is dead, that which has died. And so the story behind this poem is very, very significant. Uh, Margaret Fishback Powers uh, was the author of it. And she tells her story of how it came to be. She was going through a very difficult time in her life. She was young, in her early 20s. And as she was going through it, she uh, developed spinal meningitis. Um, it really, really just, it put her down. I mean, she was in bed for weeks, months at a time. Uh, she lost a tremendous amount of weight. She was down to 85 pounds, very, very sick. Uh, and, in, and right before she got spinal meningitis, uh, a very, very dear, close relationship to her uh, had been broken, and someone had walked away, and it just it had broken her heart. And so her heart's broken over this, over this relationship. Um, she's got sp spinal meningitis, and one day she wrote in her journal, Lord, have you left me too? Because we've all been there, where we're walking through things like, Lord, are you, do you even care? Are you still here? She said, I wrote that in my journal, and she said, literally the next day my brother calls me. And he's in Toronto, Canada, and he said, Marjorie, are you feeling well enough to be able to come out for a visit? I think it'll do you a lot of good. We'd love to see you. And so she began to feel a little bit better, and so she took the trip out to Toronto there with her brother. She met him and his dear friend, a guy by the name of Peter, who was actually a youth pastor. And they went to dinner and, and began talking and all. And at the end of that dinner, Peter was taken with, with Margie, and so he invited her out on a date. Well, she's still reeling from all of this hurt in her heart and the sickness, and she just she's not even sure about anything really in her life. And so she puts him off for a few days, and finally she agrees, and they go out on a date, and after that they go on another. And over a period of about a month, this relationship deepens. One day, Peter, um, he calls her, and he says, Hey, I'm going to be doing a youth camp out at a camp near Lake Ontario. I'd love for you to come. And she thought about it and thought about it, and 
Finally, she agreed to do it. And so after one of the meetings, they're walking along the seashore there at Lake Ontario. And they're walking along and Peter stops and said, Marjorie, I know this is fast, but he said, I love you. And I believe God has called us to be together. He asked her to marry him. And she was struck with fear. And he could see it in her face. And so wise as he was, he immediately said, I want to ask you two things. Number one, don't answer right now. And number two, look behind us. And he said, we turned around and there were footprints, both of them walking in the sand and both sets of footprints side by side. He said, the day we get married, those two sets of footprints become one as we walk together. She went home that night and she's, she's fearful and she's wrestling with all of this and she's hurting and uncertain about what to do and can she trust again and all of these different things. And it was then that these words began to come to her. And I'm going to read them in case you've never heard them before. She wrote this. One night I dreamed a dream. I was walking along the beach with my Lord. Across the dark sky flashed scenes from my life. For each scene, I noticed two sets of footprints in the sand, one belonging to me and one to my Lord. When the last scene of my life shot before me, I looked back at the footprints in the sand. There was only one set of footprints. I realized that this was at the lowest and saddest times of my life. This always bothered me, and I questioned the Lord about my dilemma. Lord, you told me when I decided to follow you, you would walk and talk with me all the way. But I'm aware that during the most troublesome times of my life, there's only one set of footprints. I just don't understand why, when I needed you most, you leave me. He whispered, my precious child, I love you and will never leave you, never ever. During your trials and testings, when you saw only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. I remember as a kid reading that, recognizing it must be important because everybody I knew had it up, but not understanding it. Now, 40 years later, I recognize the significance of what she wrote that day. She would write in a book that she would write later. She said, when I went back and read those words, she said, I wrote them just because they came to my mind. When I went back and read them, the Holy Spirit moved in such a way that and he broke the fear and the distrust and the hurt and all the anguish of it. There was just a work that he did. She said, a resurrecting work that he did. And she said, at that moment, I knew what answer to give Peter. She went on and married Peter. They became evangelists and, and taught for many, many years all over the world. Um, you may be aware of that, of that poem, but not the story behind it. It is a beautiful picture of the resurrection power of Jesus Christ at work in our life right now. Not in the past, not in the future, but right now. We're going to talk more about that when we come back in just a few minutes in John chapter 11. Welcome back, church. Hope you're in John 11, and if not, turn over there quickly. We're going to look at it, and I'm going to we're going to talk really about much of that chapter, but I won't read it all. But we're going to start right in John 11, chapter one. It's a familiar story. As a matter of fact, there are three accounts of Jesus raising someone from the dead in the Gospels. The first is the daughter of Jairus, and she had been dead maybe minutes, maybe a couple of hours when Jesus came onto the scene and he raised her from the dead. The second story we have is the widow of Nain and her son. Now it says they were in a funeral procession when Jesus came, which means he had probably died about 24 hours earlier. Um, and so more time had passed. But Lazarus, which is where we're coming to today uh, in chapter 11 of John, is, he's been dead for four days. There's significance to this, and we'll talk about it as we go on. John chapter 11, beginning in verse 1. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. 
It was Mary who had anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So Luke, Dr. Luke, is giving us some background. They're in Bethany, just a few miles right outside of Jerusalem. Jesus has been here many times. He stayed with Lazarus and his sisters. Mary is the one who anoints his feet and then wipes it with her hair. And so Luke is giving you these details so you'll know who's connected to who. It's the two sisters who've reached out to Jesus and said, Lazarus is ill. And he's not just, it's not a little cold that he's got. They wouldn't be reaching out for that purpose. He's seriously ill at the point of death. It goes on and it says, So the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. I love that. Lord, just in case you forgot, he's special to you. He's not just anybody. He's very, very special. You love him. Now, Verse 4, but when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now look at verse 5. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. The next verse, in my mind, should say, So he left immediately to go to Bethany to touch Lazarus and raise him up because he loved them so much. That's what you think the next verse would say. That is not what verse 6 says. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill... He stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Here's the principle. If you and I want to experience resurrection power in our day-to-day life, we cannot forget we must believe this. And, And it's so vitally important that God's delay does not mean that he does not care and that he does not love. That is the lie the enemy brings at all of us to all of us, against all of us, at some point. Actually, in my life, multiple times in my life, where the enemy has attacked me with the fact, if God really cared, if he really loved you, he would not delay. Jesus knows exactly what he's going to do. He knows that he's going to raise Lazarus up. He, and it says he, lo- he specifically, the scripture says, he loved Martha. I love that too. It names Martha, not Mary. Mary's the one we, that gets, she gets all the accolades, all right? She's the good sister, quite honestly, most of the time when we're reading this. Martha's the one busy doing stuff. She's a little pushy, a little bossy. Um, she's missing the spiritual stuff. It says specifically, Jesus loved Martha and the other sister too. And then he loved Lazarus. And he says that right before he delays. I want you to understand. I want you to believe. I want you to ask the Lord to help you believe that even though his resurrection power seems to be delayed and working in your life, It does not mean that he does not love you. I want you to read on with me. John 11, 11, it says, After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. Now the disciples said, Well, Jesus, if he's sleeping, we ought to let him sleep. That's good. He'll get better. You know, that's that's helpful for him. Jesus had to explain, No, he's not sleeping. He's sleep sleeping. He's dead. He has died. And he goes on verse 14, Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I am glad that I was not there. Now, this goes back to our first point. He says, I'm glad I wasn't there for your sake so that you may believe, but let us go to him. He said, I delayed on purpose because in the delaying, I'm allowing you the opportunity to believe because this is where you see the the resurrection power of Jesus released in our lives is when we believe. How did we get saved? How did we come into relationship with Jesus? We believed. That was resurrection power. It brought us from death to life, from darkness to light. That was, resur- that was the beginning of resurrection power at work in our life, but it doesn't stop there. He keeps on going. So keep looking with me. Verse 21. We're skipping through some of this in John 11. Martha said to Jesus, this is after Jesus has arrived now in Bethany. 
and says to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Man, we have all been there. Lord, if you'd been here, if you'd just done this, Lord, if you'd just answered the way we asked, if you'd done what I wanted, Lord, none of this would have happened. And she goes on and she says, but even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. I mean, if, if you're interested, you still could do something. I mean, that's literally what she said. She's, for all intents and purposes, she's in Jesus' face. Um, she's expressing her frustration with him. And that's significant. We'll talk about it in a minute. Verse 23, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. It's amazing how we do this. We revert back to spiritual truth that we know rather than watching and believing for what God wants to do in that moment. Lord, I know, I know that you, he will rise again one day. What I really want is for him to rise right now. <clears throat> Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection. I am right now. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, now this answer is very telling. Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ. She, he, she's not answering his question. She said, Lord, I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe you're the Christ. And you're coming into the world. I believe you came from heaven and you're here. That I believe. I even believe, Lord, all the things that you're saying. What I'm having a hard time believing is that you can do anything about this situation. Folks, we do the same thing before we throw stones at Martha. Lord, I believe that you're God. I believe you can do whatever you want to do. I believe you've done this. I believe you're going to do that. But I have a real hard time believing you can do anything about this situation that I'm in right now. So here's the second point. I take this. I'm going to borrow it from Yogi Berra. It ain't over till it's over. All right? Yogi is famous for his, his colloquialisms and his sayings. That's probably his most famous. It ain't over till it's over. That's what Jesus is saying. I am the resurrection of life. Mar Martha, it's not over until it's over. You've got to believe that. And in the midst of waiting and disappointment and hurt and anguish, it's hard to believe that. That's what Jesus is saying. I believe I am. Not, I, not just that I will be or that I have been. I am the resurrection and the life. And then verse 32, Mary comes. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. She says the exact words that Martha said, with the exception of even now I know that if you ask the Father, he'll give you whatever you ask. She didn't add that part, but basically her words were the same as Martha's. The way she came to Jesus was different. Notice she fell down. She bowed down before him. Just Jesus, if you'd been here, he wouldn't have died. Um... There's not necessarily the toe-to-toe, -toe, in your face approach that we see from Martha. There is more of a brokenness, outward brokenness that we see from Mary. And you think, well, she did it the right way. She came to Jesus the right way. I want you to notice that Jesus gave the same promise to both sisters. Your brother will rise again. You say, so what's the point? This is the last point, and I think maybe the most significant. It's not as important how you and I come to Jesus as it is that we do come to Jesus. How we come, I may come angry, I may come frustrated, I may come toe-to-toe, -to -toe, Jesus, you could have done something about this, but you didn't. That's the way Martha came. 
I may come like Mary broken, falling down, not strength to stand, and saying, Lord, you could have done something if you'd been here. Both of them say the same thing. They say it very different ways. Our outward expression is not nearly as important as a heart that comes to Jesus. You and I will not experience resurrection power if we do not believe these things. We must believe that he loves us even when he delays. We must believe it ain't over till it's over. And we must, must believe it's not as important how I come. We're trying to figure out formulas, the right process. Tell me the right prayer so I can get, again, because we're looking for something immediate. And Jesus says, I'm doing something much greater. I want to demonstrate my resurrection power through your life. But it has to happen this way. And so if we believe these things, then we experience his power. And it's like, I don't have time to go into, but I'll give you these three things really quickly, just something to ponder and meditate on. When Jesus is working resurrection power, there will be things that he points out that he wants you to roll away out of your life. Roll the stone away. Because even though Lazarus is alive in there, he can't get out until stuff is rolled away. There will be some stuff that he'll say, you need to, this is hindering what I want to do. So roll it out of your life. Maybe unbelief, maybe bitterness, maybe some resentment. It may be things you're holding on to or things you are things that you should be holding on to that you're not. Whatever it is, when Jesus points it out, roll it away. Secondly, when he calls, listen, because the scripture says Jesus called Lazarus by name and he comes out. Some of you right now, Jesus is calling you by name. You need to hear his voice calling you by name. And then the last thing, allow other people that Jesus will send to be involved in the process in your life because they unwrapped. He says, take those grave clothes off of him and let him go free. Sometimes even in the work of resurrection, there's some stuff that Jesus wants to free us from, and it often requires the help of others in our life. It's the greatest unwrapping party you'll ever go to. And so Jesus loves to do these things. So be watching for these things when the Lord's working resurrection power in your situation, which is what he wants to do. God bless you. I love you. Grace and peace. You know, in my own life, I have experienced many times where my heart wasn't sure whether or not it wanted to be open to what Jesus wanted to do. Um, if I'm going to experience, if you're going to experience his resurrection power, the quality that he's looking for in your heart and my heart is that we're open. That's what we mean when we say come to Jesus, is my heart is open. Jesus, you can say what you want to say. You can have all, you can have the good, bad, and the ugly, all of it. I bring it all. Um, Lord, I, my heart is open to what you want to do and where you want to go in my life. Now, sometimes that happens really quickly in my life. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer. And so as we wrap up today, you may need to spend some more time. You may just need to sit before the Lord and just tell, you say, I don't know what to do. Just say, Jesus, I'm open. My heart is best, the best I know how, my heart is open to you. And then listen to what he's going to say. You say, how will I know? You'll know. When Jesus speaks, you can't miss it. I promise you. He does it in a million different ways. But when he speaks, you'll know. And so be listening for his voice. And don't get frustrated with his timing. Sometimes he gives me a little bit immediately. Sometimes it takes a little while. But when he speaks, he connects the dots. And he reminds me, this is the answer to what you already asked me about. So right now, let me encourage you as you go through this week, take some time. Sit outside. Or sit inside, you know, wherever you happen to be. Sit in your car if you can't find privacy anywhere else. Uh, find a place where you can just be with the Lord and say, Lord, here's my heart. I'm open before you. What do you want to say? God bless you.